the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Hey, final hour of our show for the week. We will not be in tomorrow. It is Good Friday. Hope you are celebrating Good Friday. And we will be back on Monday. So no uh, Easter Monday off for us. But uh, we're happy to have you along today. And we've been talking about Elon Musk's attempt to buy Twitter, which I think is great, fantastic, phenomenal. You look at the headlines in the Columbus Dispatch about House Bill 616, uh, probably conservatively, I'd say eight, nine, ten stories since that bill dawned, all of them take a decidedly negative tone toward House Bill 616. Uh, a bill like many others swimming around, waiting for a public hearing, waiting for a vote, waiting for uh, Bob Cup's magic gavel to uh, deem it worth his attention. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about how a bill becomes a law and uh, why so much attention on this bill. And we're happy to have in studio with us Rob Walgate of the American Policy Roundtable. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you here. We've had you on before, but never in studio. So great to have you with us on location. Always a joy. Always a joy to be in studio. We don't have to worry about uh, dropping calls. We don't have no. to worry about static. That's right. Going up and down hills in the car. People honking at me for not paying attention <laughs> doing radio interviews in traffic. So tell me, uh, first of all, have you been surprised by the amount of attention House Bill 616 has gotten? Because typically, Rob, like how many bills are introduced or have what House Bill 616 has right now, how many comparable bills are sitting in the same status as this bill? A lot. A lot. Um, 10, 20, 100? No, more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're looking, you could look at maybe 50 to 100 that that could have a thought. And the way it happens or the way it begins, well, let let me answer your first question first. How about that? Sure. You asked about the attention. The attention that this has gotten, around the country is because, obviously, of what happened in Florida. Mm -hmm. Parents' rights and education bill can't teach sexual orientation, gender ideology to kindergarten, first, second, or third grade. Yes. And that, I guess we'll use the term evolved, into the don't say gay bill (laughs) headlines. That's the headline, That we we saw around the country. That was the headline that, in essence, the media created. And I would say even take a step further back from that legislation because that was what was apparent last year in Loudoun County, Virginia. And when you think about the gubernatorial race in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin, mm-hmm. so that that's where all this stirred came up from. Yeah, I think um, it all emanates from the same kind of parental concern about what their kids are being taught in schools. In Loudoun County, it was critical race theory more so than gender ideology, but now we have myriad stories of teachers sitting through quote-unquote developmental seminars and 
uh, Stonewall Union, Kaleidoscope Youth Center, LGBT lobbying organizations come in and teach at these seminars. And the gender ideology, transgender stuff is now out there and is getting the same kind of attention CRT did then. It is. I'm going to take it even back further. I'm going to take it back to 2003, Bruce. I'm going to take it back to a Supreme Court decision. I'm going to take it to the Kennedy Doctrine Mm -hmm. and the Lawrence v. Texas decision. Now, that was a setup case, which sometimes that's how court cases happen. They're a setup case, and that dealt with sodomy law in the state of Texas. Okay. Lawrence v. Texas, 2003. And if you read the majority opinion and you read Kennedy's writings, he talked about the definition of personhood and that being tied to sexual preference. Now, I started at the American Policy Roundtable 19 years ago this month. Okay. April of 03. This case came out in 03. And I can remember Roundtable CEO, my boss, Dave Zanotti, talking in 2003 and kind of ripping apart that opinion and saying, look at what this leads to if you talk about and you connect the dots personhood being defined by sexual preference. Now, I will admit, 19 years ago when he was trying to connect those dots and make those points, I was kind of looking at it and saying, well, that's a pretty slippery slope, and I'm not sure we will get there. You thought he was being a little alarmist maybe? Or I, I did. I mean, you it? think I would have been in my mid-20s mm-hmm. then? I thought, well, I mean, they only want to take this to marriage. They're not going to take it any further than that. I was a bit naive. Yeah. I was a lot naive. Yeah, I think we see that now. And now, and and this is one of those things where Dave says this is one of those instances where you hate to be right. He wishes he wasn't right and correct. But when you look and connect those dots and where it was in 03 and where we're at now, and you take a look at the letter that came from the Department of Justice last month to attorney generals around the country. Yeah, all 50 of them. Yeah, that basically threatens them. And says, if you discriminate or you withhold anything medical treatment-wise from kids that want to make these decisions and transition or whatever they want to do. Puberty blockers, anything like that. You're going to be held criminally criminally responsible. Right. Now, in 2003, when we heard people taking it to that extreme, we probably maybe said that's a little much. Some probably didn't. I know Dave Zanotti didn't. And he was right on. I kind of was hesitant, again, being, if you will, air quotes, new in the game. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, we're here, and where they are already moving two and three steps ahead. Yeah, no doubt. And we have lots of states now and school districts, I don't know if it's with state approval, where kids of any age can have a secret identity at school and their parents aren't privy to know about it. I mean, I remember when we were viewed people who, adults who wanted to keep secrets from parents as people you needed to be inherently suspicious of uh, for oftentimes good reasons. So House Bill 616 here, Ohio, it it would essentially emulate what they did in Florida. I think it would be a popular bill with the electorate. Uh, We have a strong Republican majority, but I don't know that we have a governor who will sign it if it happens. But what about will this bill get an airing and will it see the light of day? Because I know, for instance, Jenna Powell of Arcanum, She's been a frequent guest on this show. She's had the Protect Women's Sports Act sitting, hovering around, wallowing around in the legislature, waiting for it to get an airing, and it hasn't. No, and and, and a number of those bills, that's a shame because if leadership wanted to see it happen and get it done, it could happen and it could get done. And I think a lot of times people 
align themselves based upon party. What letters next to someone's name? Well, let me tell you something. Republicans in this state have had control of the House and the Senate and the gubernatorial mansion for how long and could basically do anything they want whenever they want, yet they choose not to. So the allegiance to that party and thinking that party is going to be the one that is able to save us from all the pitfalls of society, we've been sadly mistaken. You know, if you listen to the conversations that take place behind closed doors, uh, it would cause us all concern. I've said for the longest time, if the Republican Party wanted to make money and monetize things, they should just put a camera in their caucus meetings, <laughs> put it on YouTube, sell advertisements, put it wherever, and we would see a straight circus on what goes on behind closed doors. Now, again, I'm not an advocate for either of the political parties, and I think when you read the founders and they talk, they warned us of the factions that would divide us. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen what the parties have done, even if the people that that align under those tents, how just look at the United States Senate campaign commercials that are taking place in this state right now. Yeah, exactly. They play out all day long. Rob Walgate's our guest in studio. He's the vice president of the American Policy Roundtable. You can find them online at thepublicsquare.com, thepublicsquare.com. And we're going to talk with Rob about whether House Bill 616 has a chance to get public hearing, vote in either house, will it become law, and also get his assessment of the Senate primary and the governor's races. Um, on the on the Republican side, it's interesting because we have a very well-known incumbent governor who faces a challenge that I think is, uh, well, it's interesting and probably a little aggravating to him. So that's all next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Welcome back, Bruce Hooley Show. Rob Walgate, American Policy Roundtable, in studio with me. Appreciate your uh, perspective. We talked about House Bill 616, the emulation of Florida's parents' rights and education bill. It's just sitting there waiting to be acted on. Do you think it will be acted on? And do you think that it is, I mean, I think it's a winner for the Republican Party in the fall election. I don't know why they wouldn't want to pass it. They have the political muscle to pass it. They have the muscle to override the governor's veto if they want to. They've done that before. What kind of a future do you think that bill has? I'd like to hear leadership talk about it. I'd like to hear the Senate president or the House speaker give their thoughts on it. If they want it to move, it's going to move. Uh, They could get it into committee. They could have the hearing. They could um, have the multiple hearings. Do they ever do anything quietly? Or maybe Uh, for understandable reasons, they don't want to go on the record talking about it. They just want to like Jam it in? Jam well, it through? Well, uh, no, and it, to jam it through, they're still going to have to give their voice of approval without giving their voice. You know when it's going to move, it's because of what leadership says. Okay. So um, you, you're going to know one way or the other. Now, the excuse is going to be it's an election year. We still don't know state Senate and state House legislative districts. I mean, I can list you the number of excuses you're going to hear. Um, and we also know that sometimes legislation is put out there and introduced. You know, a a member may go to LSC, Legislative Service Commission, and ask for help drafting legislation and just to to draw some attention or make some headlines or do something as well. So sometimes that happens. That's not what happened in this situation. So you don't feel like they snuck, like the, the two sponsors of this bill did this outside of party leadership's wishes. Well, they, they may have, but when you look at who did it, right, you have a relatively new 
member of the legislature, and then you have a veteran mm-hmm. member of the legislature that came together for this bill. So I don't think it caught many by surprise. Now, publicly, what they say may be different than what happened privately. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Rob Walgate, American Policy Roundtable. Go online, thepublicsquare.com. Is American Policy Roundtable yeah, a website, yes. too? Yeah. Thepublicsquare.com or aproundtable.org, either one. Um, the Public Square. Dot com will get you to all of our radio programming, our 60-minute weekly or two-minute daily, 30-minute daily. All that is at thepublicsquare.com. And you guys also do uh, a real true public service uh, prior to elections. You have uh, down-the-middle, nonpartisan assessment of candidates and all that. Tell people about iVoters. So, so if you go to iVoters.com, actually, right now, and you click on uh, the Ohio primary section, you can see who's running in all the statewide races, as well as the 15 congressional races, you'll see their Ballotpedia profile, their campaign website, their social media handles. You'll see all that. We give you data and information so you can make a decision for yourself. So many times, all we hear is 30-second commercials, 60-second commercials, people talking about one another. We want to provide a resource to allow folks to do the research for themselves and make an educated decision. Too many people are trying to tell you how to vote, the more people we have engaged in the process and are educating themselves about it, the better off our republic would be. All right, Rob. So Donald Trump's coming to Delaware County Fairgrounds next week. Would you be more surprised if he endorsed a Republican Senate candidate or more surprised if he endorsed a Republican gubernatorial candidate? I think I'm going to go with, I think I'd be more surprised if he endorsed a Senate candidate right now. And the reason for that is that race in the past couple of weeks seems to have tightened so much. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump, uh, many times, unless there's personal feelings involved, doesn't seem to want to engage unless there's a guaranteed winner. Yeah. Um, so it would surprise me in Senate. Now, I'm very shocked that he endorsed Dr. Oz I am too, in, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. And that being said, the backlash that he has received from endorsing Dr. Oz I don't see him endorsing anyone on uh, over the next weekend. So why the timing of this? As uh, The timing of it is curious to me. Like, if he comes to Ohio in April in advance of the primary by you know, a week and a half, it seems tailor-made that I'm coming to make an endorsement. I mean, like, that would be how you would get maximum exposure. Not that he needs, you know, to be on site yeah. to get maximum exposure. But... I think an endorsement on the Republican Senate side would tip that to whoever he endorses. Do you agree? I think it would move some voters. And I don't, you know, um, and the question would be his children, one of his children, have come out closely aligned to J.D. Vance. Yeah, he won't say, uh, Don Jr. will not say he endorses Vance, but he shows up in the same places as Vance. And that's why I said closely aligned. Yeah, you can read the tea leaves Um, there. That being said, when you look at Mike Gibbons, the successful businessman that he is, the things that he's done in his life, the, the you know, he's worked hard to get where he is. He looks like, to me, he looks like very Trump-like in his business success and business acumen. Yeah, I think he would wish, his campaign would have to wish the race ended three weeks ago and he probably would have won. Yeah. Um. Josh Mandel wishes it ended three months ago, and he would have won. Mm-hmm. And J.D. Vance probably would like to see it delayed a few more months. Three more weeks, So yeah. he has a chance in the closing stretch 
to close that gap. So I, I would think most people are talking about those three. And the interesting part is we didn't even mention Jane Timken, who um, airs commercials featuring Donald Trump or her with Donald yeah. Trump. And, and, and she they've all taken shots at each other. And it just makes me throw my hands in the air. And that's why, Bruce, you know, I used to be a I, full disclosure. I used to be a registered Republican. The attacks and the things that Republicans did in primaries disgruntled me from the party. Now, I, at one time, I was a registered Democrat as well. So right now, I'm, I'm not aligned um, with a political party, which means, and I could change my mind, but it's doubtful I will, which means I won't participate in the primary mm-hmm. on May 3rd. Rob Walgate, American Policy Roundtable, Vice President, here in studio with us on The Bruce Hooley Show, uh, aproundtable.org. Org. Or com will get you there. We own a bunch of them. <laughs> or thepublicsquare.com, thepublicsquare.com. Okay, let's switch to the governor's side. Mike DeWine should not be in any trouble. When you look at a guy with career political resume he's had, U.S. Senator, Attorney General, State of Ohio, Ohio Representative, Congressman, <laughs> Governor, in a state that's turning more red every election. And yet, Jim Renacci and Joe Blystone have campaigns with some legs. They do. And I think if the goal from the beginning would have been get rid of Mike DeWine, the best way to get rid of Mike DeWine is a 1v1 fight. And we've seen this draw out now having multiple four people now on the ballot that will be vying for that position. I don't think that helps in getting rid of Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine still has some juice behind the scenes. Obviously, he got the endorsement of the Ohio Restaurants Association, which totally blows my mind. That made no sense to me. I have buddies that own independent restaurants and I'm texting them the morning that came out. I'm like, what is going on here? And obviously we know that's from the big chains. It's from the folks that made a lot of money um, during the lockdown because they were able to open drive throughs and do things. The little guy got punished, but the big guys were able to make some money and that that's who endorsed them. Um, and, and that's what came out in of support of governor DeWine. I, it boggles my mind the support that he still has. But I did talk to people who were in the room at the Cuyahoga County GOP meeting when they went to a private vote, a secret ballot, and he did not get that endorsement. That was huge. That Talk about not getting a lot of media. And he was on scene for that. And he he, doesn't drive up there unless he's ready to take a victory lap for getting their endorsement, and the endorsement goes to Jim Renacci. And, And the governor left, and he was not happy from the people in the room. He was not happy at all, which um, understandably sure. so. You know, you go up there thinking, hey, this is about to happen, and it doesn't. I think he is, I've said all along, in more danger, not that I think he's in significant danger, but I think he's in more danger in the primary than he is in the general. Well, because it, I think he made a lot of Democratic friends oh, yes. with his lockdown measures. I think he's popular, and he's tied to Amy Atkins. She's popular with the Let Dems. me give you what I think, what I fear that Republicans have to fear, and that is Mike DeWine, if he would win the primary, so many people would stay home and not yeah. even participate in November. Then you have Tim Ryan with the chance to knock off whoever wins the Republican Senate primary. Correct. Talk about a scary scenario right. for uh, conservatives, people who believe in principled issues, right? They of stay life, home taxes, because so they, many things. They don't want to vote for governor because they don't want to vote for Mike DeWine. Well, if you don't vote for governor, you can't vote for Senate. And then Ryan, 
Well, you you can just do I a knot on top. Yeah, you can. Yeah, a lot of people t- might stay home. And yeah, it might, they stay yeah. home altogether. Yes. And you see Tim Ryan then win that race. Now you're looking at Tim Ryan yeah. and Sherrod Brown representing Ohio in the United States. Senate. Yeah, that's not an ideal scenario at all, at least from my perspective. Rob Walgate, American Policy Roundtable, Vice President, APRoundtable.org, ThePublicSquare.com, and iVoters.com for I-voters. all the information. And you get to make your own decision, a novel concept here in a democracy. Thank you, Rob, for coming in. We appreciate it. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir, overridden by his legislature. Why? We'll tell you next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.